Um, I want to thank everyone who's here today. Some of you may not know me, but I wasn't brung up in a Christian home. Most of my life was around brokenness and unhappiness. I never had a father figure. I always hoped that things could change, so I became unhappy with life. I then met Luke and his family, who were all Christians. It was then that I started to seek God and go to church. A couple of months ago, I gave my life and invited Jesus into my heart. Being baptised today is the next step for me in my faith. I want to commit my life to God for the rest of my life. Amen. just want to say thanks for everyone who's come today. Um, I was brought up in a Christian home. I remember going to church every Sunday with my parents. Um, my parents have always taught me and helped me understand who Jesus Christ is growing up. I've always loved the Lord and he's always loved me and looked after me. However, over the last few years I have struggled with my faith and relationship with God. So today I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life, knowing now he sits first in my heart. I want to put God at the centre of my life. 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the grave. I thank him with all my heart and I repent before God now. Come upon me by your spirit. Amen. Anybody that wants to come forward and just uh, get a ringside view. <laughs> those, are, those that are lingering at the back there, I'm thinking. <laughs> come on. We are going to sing a song as they come up from the water and it's going to be um, 480, Rejoice, Rejoice. So we're going to do the chorus and then the second verse and then we do the chorus and then the third verse when it's, um, when it's Luke's turn. Working us, his purpose to perform, building a 
Uh, and Andy Fowler is a good shepherd, isn't he? And he loves to bless us. And uh, yeah, he was baptised, so if he was baptised, we there's no excuse for any of us not to uh, bear witness in a similar way. So Luke, do you believe in God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit? Do you renounce the devil and all his ways? Do you believe in Jesus and trust him as your Lord and Saviour? Upon your profession of faith and accordance with the Lord's commands, I baptise you in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Video on now, Jane. It's um, what's um
as we were watching that video, I, we didn't explain, and we should have done, that the songs that are on the videos are songs that were chosen by um, Kirsty and Luke as ones that have um, special significance for them. So we're going to listen to this one again. And then I think there's another one as well. No, there's not another one. There's only the one. Um, but the words, I think, um, as we watch them go through, they have um, true significance to Luke and Kirsty. And I think that as we read them, they can have true significance for us as well. So let's well, we just... sing them as well. Well, you can to, sing yes. them if you know it and join in once you've sort of caught on to the tune. Or you can just sit and quietly ponder on the words. It's up to you. Mercy and grace on 
Stewart's case. Liz is going to come and, uh, and speak and bring a word for us. <laughs> so it's Easter Sunday and we've had, I was going to say, I've got written down here two baptisms, but it's in fact three. Um, yeah, and uh, as I was thinking about today, there's so much to say that I almost didn't know what to say. Um, but I read through, I was reading through the Gospels, looking at the stories of Jesus' baptism, and then the stories of his death on the cross and his rising to life again. Um, but I, I, I love a Bible study. I, I love to read my study Bibles and things. And I feel God really speaks to me through his word. But I think this time, I felt like he was speaking to me in a different way. So I just really wanted to share some of the things that God's been saying to me this week. And um, I hope some of it resonates with you. Um, so first, I'd like to talk a little bit about Jesus' baptism, uh, which is described in Matthew chapter 3. Now, the first thing I started to think about is just how humble Jesus was. And he was humble in his baptism, and he was humble in his death, and his entire life, actually. I thought about John the Baptist, and he was preaching and he was baptizing people to help them to prepare for the coming of Jesus, so that they would turn their hearts back to God and change their ways back to his ways, before it was too late. And John, he describes Jesus as one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And then Jesus turns up, and he wants to be baptized by John too. And I was trying to imagine what it would be like to be John in that situation. You know, in Matthew, it says that he tries to refuse Jesus. He says, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Jesus was the king of kings, the one who was coming into the world, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of Man, the Word of God who had been there from the very beginning. And he comes... And he asks to be baptized, to be washed clean by a man, by a human being. And Jesus, he didn't have any sins to confess, and he didn't have any need to repent. But he was, just, he was baptized, just like everyone else. And I just thought, how many bosses, how many rulers, how many people of authority and, or fame act like that? Not many. What a king we've got. So why did he do it? Well, I was chatting about it with my mum. She's, she's very handy. She knows her Bible. Um, I was chatting about it with my mum, and she, she was saying she thinks in part it was probably because God was showing his stamp of approval on John's ministry. Yes, John was, he was in the right. He was, he was from God. Um, and also that it was, he was probably identifying with us humans, showing that he was one of us, even more fully, showing his humanity. But it did make me think that if Jesus needed to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness, and that's what he said, then how much more do we all need it? 
Now, it's interesting what uh, Paul said. He, he said um, something about the early Christians. And I've got a friend of mine, I told her I was preaching today, and I told her that there'd be baptisms. And she sent me a link to a book that I think it, uh, by a lady who I've read quite a lot by. Um, and it was talking about how when they, they found, in the 1920s, they found the earliest church. Um, and it was covered in beautiful frescoes on the wall, paintings on the walls that showed this, you know, the, the, the stories from the Bible. Um, and they think that they found a baptistry. So they think that 2,000 years ago, on Easter morning, just before dawn, in this place, people used to line up to be baptized. They used to be baptized naked and in cold water three times. <laughs> but, that, but they did it on Easter morning. And they were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it made me think, well, you've got to have quite a lot of humility to get baptized naked. <laughs> and I think we're all glad that we get to wear clothes these days. Um, and that actually the water wasn't that cold. It was quite pleasant. Um, but yeah, it did make me think how it's not out of character that we're having baptisms today. Actually, you know, it seems that that's how the early church did it. And I think probably a lot of churches over the, over the world, because there are so many meeting right now, this Sunday. Um, that they, they do it too. And that actually baptism and, uh, and Easter Sunday go hand in hand. But I was thinking about this humility, and I was thinking that actually, yeah, it really, it does take a humility in us and in you, Luke. <laughs> and it takes a humility when we choose to be baptized. It's basically us saying, we can't do this on our own. And we know that there's something missing. We know we need to repent and to turn our lives around and to start again with him. And humility is, it is a wonderful thing. It's, it's not really prized very much in our society, but it is such a beautiful thing. Not only because Jesus modeled it throughout his whole life and death, but because it is the first step to us giving God the reins in us yielding our lives to him. And then we just get to watch what he can do. And we ain't seen nothing yet. Now, Paul has already explained a bit about baptism. Um, but I just wanted to add a few thoughts. So in Luke chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, it's the second baptism that we receive today. John's baptism was great. It was part of people getting ready for Jesus. It was re them realizing there was something wrong and confessing their sins. And it says in Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 4, John was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. But just like the sacrifices that used to, people used to offer in the temple, and just like the washing rituals that the Jews used to observe, this first type of baptism wasn't enough. I thought about it, and I thought, lots of people were baptized by John. But did they all become followers of Jesus? We can come to our baptism wanting to confess our sins and repent, to turn away from our old life, and that is great. But it's what comes next that makes it really special. 
This is not a shot in the dark. It's not a box that we tick just to cover our bases and hopefully it's enough to get us into heaven. Yeah, we are baptized in water, but we live in the time after Jesus died and rose back to life again and gave us his Holy Spirit. Our baptism is not a hollow ritual. It's not man-made. It's the start of a new life in the Spirit. It's us showing that we are his and us joining his side. Now, Paul has already explained how baptism, in baptism we're joining in Jesus' death and resurrection. But I feel like I recently, like, I've really come to a deeper understanding of this idea of new life with Jesus and how it's right now and how death is really not the end. People often talk about life. I talked about this before, but people talk about life in such a negative way. People say, life sucks a lot. If something goes wrong, people say, oh, well, that's just life. But that's not life. Not the life that Jesus wants for us. Life is not the time that we live and breathe on this earth. Jesus is the life. It's him inside us, empowering us, loving us, growing us, challenging us, changing us into who we were always created to be. And there's just so much to it. It really is life to the full. And the wonderful thing is that you can just keep going further up and further in with him your whole life through. And I'm just, I'm so excited for you guys. And I'm so excited for all of us too. Because the best is yet to come. But I also, I don't want to come across as intimidating with this for any of us. Um, because sometimes we do all feel like we're faking it. You know, or maybe sometimes we do feel like we are ticking a box in the hope that it's the right one. But something I love about God is that he meets us where we are. And he accepts us where we are. If you don't feel like you understand enough, and if you're not sure you always even want to follow this life that he has for us, don't worry. Just be honest. I was reminded of something that someone told me a long time ago, um, that actually sometimes wanting to want to is enough. I'll explain what I mean. Um, so I always believed in God. I was brought up in a Christian household, and I, I always knew he was there. I couldn't, I couldn't pretend that he wasn't. But... I definitely used to keep him at a safe distance, and he was quite low down on my list of priorities. But I do remember that when I used to meet people with really strong faith, or if I read about them, it really moved me, and I, I did want to be like them. And I remember I, I, I prayed that God would make me more consistent in my faith. And that's when... God swept me off to Romania for two and a half years and turned my whole life upside down. Um, and that might sound a little bit scary, but it was really good. And um, I remember I used to say in Romania all the time, this is what I always thought life was supposed to be like. 
You see, I think he, God, puts his, God puts the desire in us for himself, and then if we ask him, he'll grow it. And I was thinking about the fact that when the kids are little, like it's getting slightly easier again now, but I really don't spend time, much time with God when the kids are small. You just don't have enough time to do anything, do you? Um, and I was, I was feeling quite adrift when both of them were young. Um, but I, did, I asked God for more passion again. And then he, did, he started to grow it in me again. And I, I didn't have much of a will in myself to follow him, but I wanted to have it. So I asked him, and he answered me. So I just want to say, yeah, ask, and you will receive. Um, someone says in the Bible, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And there's not, there's, that's one of the best prayers you can pray. There's always more, but he meets you where you're at. Okay, um, earlier in the week, uh, one evening, I was like, oh, I should probably prepare for Sunday, but I was really tired. We'd had some bad, bad nights. So I sat down and I watched an interior design show, which was very pleasant. <laughs> and then I went to bed. And when I was in bed, I, I started to think a bit about what I was going to say today. And I just, uh, God gave me a, a picture, and I often get pictures from God. I got a picture, and it was of a face, and it was covered with a veil. And then the veil parted, and it was Jesus' face. And I, I had this feeling, look what you've been missing while you've been watching your TV show. You could have been spending time with him. He's right there. You see, when Jesus was baptized, it says in Matthew, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus' coming, he, started, he opened the heavens. The heavens started to open. He was breaking down the barrier, even just when he came. And when Jesus died on the cross... The veil in the temple, which is what separated the Holy of Holies, which is where God's presence was, from where the people were allowed to go, it tore in two at the very moment when he died. His life, but more his death, have made it so that nothing can separate us from God anymore. You see, I don't think we always remember that ever since God made us, he wants to be with us, and he wants us to be with him. But we went our own way. We, still, we go our own way. We think we know best, and we make a right old mess of things. But all along, he's just trying to bridge that gap to us again, to bring us home. The thing is, I was thinking about it, I got a real clear image of how we just, we can't reach up to him. The best among us can't reach him in our own strength and according to our own goodness. It, it really did take him coming down to us, to our level, and getting into our mess with us. It took Jesus showing the most crazy humility in being born as a dependent baby and growing up as a child 
and then putting himself at the mercy of selfish and cruel humans mm. to be beaten and made fun of and even to die. Even though he's the king of kings. And it took all of that to break the barrier down between us and him and to give us access to God and all that life with him has to offer. Because he is the prize. He is the treasure. Heaven is only going to be heaven because he is going to be there. And we have access to him right now. And for me, one of the biggest revelations that my faith has brought me is that we were never supposed to do this life alone. And now we don't have to. And do you, know, do you want to know what's even more amazing than the fact that he came down into our mess? He came to clear it all up. Is the fact that he then lifted us up to his level. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, that he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I know that I don't fully realize that. I haven't fully realized that in my life. But what I do know is that he didn't leave us and he didn't give up on us and he never will. And he has great plans for us on earth and in heaven. So I'd like to just finish by reading a passage from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And it's in the message because I thought it was really good. And I just kind of encapsulates what I've been talking about today. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own, with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven, in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving.
He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. I'd just like to finish with a prayer. I just want to thank you, God, for today. I thank you. It's such an honor to be a part of this service. And I'm just so happy that you came and that you rose back to life again. I was thinking, I had the image of, uh, I'm a bit of a geek, so Lord of the Rings, when Gandalf runs, runs into battle and he goes in, all guns blazing, and Jesus, he went in with all that he had and then there's that moment when the screen goes blank. And there was that moment when he died and everyone thought it was over. But actually, he won. It took everything he had, but he won. And I thank you that you did it for us, God. I thank you that you didn't forget us and you didn't leave us. I've never known love like your love, God. I just know it for myself, but I keep seeing it for other people and it just blows me away. No one is too far off. And I, yeah, just thank you, God, and be glorified here. And I just pray that you would keep growing us to be like you, to reflect you to others. We just want everything to be like you wanted it to be. So that's perfection. And thank you so much that you're with us now, that we don't have to do any of this on our own. Amen.